You're listening to the Every Student, Every Day podcast with me, Jim Franchini, Superintendent of the Averill Park Central School District. Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of the Every Student, Every Day podcast. Thank you for tuning in to listen. Uh, Very excited today to have with us members of our newly crowned New York State Class A Girls Basketball Championship team. Quite a run, and we know our community was very invested in it and turned out in uh, unbelievable numbers to support the team as they went forward. Uh, we're very grateful to our community for being so involved and so invested. And we thought, uh, what better group to have in our podcast immediately following that state title than this group right here. So thank you to everyone for joining us. And what we'll do is uh, allow you to go around and introduce yourselves and uh, to our listeners. So do you want to start with us, Coach Oregon? Dr. Franchini, thank you for having us. Coach Oregon, Varsity Girls Basketball Coach. This was my 17th season here at Averill Park, and it was a great year. Thank you. Coach Keegan. I just want to say thank you uh, for having us, uh, Coach Keegan, and this is my 15th year with the Averill Park Girls Basketball Program. We have our two senior captains with us. Uh, Amelia, welcome. Thank you for having us. I'm Amelia Wood. I play on the girls varsity basketball team, and last season was my fifth year playing on the varsity team. And Michalina Lombardi. Welcome, Mick. Thank you again for having me. Um, My name is Michalina Lombardi, and I am a four-year member of the girls varsity basketball team, and I am also a captain. And last but certainly not least, our athletic director, Mark Bubniak. Mark, thanks for joining us as well. Dr. Franchini, thanks for having us. Uh, I'm Mark Bubniak, director of athletics, and this is my uh, eighth year here at Averill Park and my second appearance on the Every Student, Every Day podcast. That's right. You're a two-timer along with Michalina for our devoted listeners. She's also a two-time member of the, uh, of the podcast. So we'll start right away with Amelia and Michalina. You know, two years ago, your season uh, was cut short in, during the postseason, actually, right? Last year, there was no playoffs. What was your mindset going into this season, knowing it was your last chance at winning a state championship? Our mindset was that we wanted to go out and make our last year the best year and ultimately have an opportunity to play for a state championship. Um, we were cut short our sophomore year and there were no sectionals our junior year. So we knew that we wanted to make a deep run into the playoffs this season. Thank you. Anything to add, Amelia? Yeah, same going with that. I mean, this is McLean and I's last run this year, so we wanted to make the best of it. Um, We wanted to make our team this year the best that I have had in the past year. So just knowing that it was our last run this year, I say we – Every single day that McLean and I went into practice, we led the team and we gave them energy. So I think just doing that, that's what made us get this win. So a question for the the whole group, uh, obviously a very special season. Was there any point during the season or at what point during the season did you realize that you had a shot at getting to Hudson Valley for the final four and actually winning the entire tournament and being state champions? Coach? Yeah, I don't know if there, in hindsight, was one definitive moment that 
give us the impression that we were going to be a state Final Four team. But looking back at the season, I think there were some moments that indicated, hey, we got something pretty special here. Um, I was really impressed with the job that Coach Keegan did in my absence um, after having been beaten the first game by Pittsburgh Menden at the showcase up at Impact, where we were able to earn a tough win, a come-from-behind win um, against Colony on that second night to salvage, you know, what could have been a really tough spot. You know, I wasn't there. Michalina had sprained her ankle the practice before, you know, two, two days before that. And so we really were shorthanded in a lot of different ways. And that was an impressive win, shorthanded. Um, about a week later, we took a trip up to Shen and played the suburban game on Shen's floor. And we were in that game, you know, for three and a half quarters. At one point, we actually held a lead late in the third quarter before Shen kind of went on the run. But we came away feeling like, listen, we're shorthanded where we're still missing two starters that game. You know, if we could ever just get everybody back together, you know, we might be able to make a nice run. And I feel like our last regular season game uh, on February 14th, where we hosted Shen in a non-league game, uh, might have been that final moment, you know, where the girls on this roster had never experienced a win over Shen before, and they were able to get over the top. You know, they were able to earn a, a really impressive win, um, you know, on our floor. And I feel like that kind of propelled us into the postseason and, um, you know, there were little moments in the postseason. Um, we were in foul trouble uh, in multiple games. And, you know, one thing that really stood out to us was the way that our bench started to play and perform uh, in the postseason. And, and it showed that we were getting deeper and a little bit more experienced. And, you know, hey, you know, one game to the next, maybe we have something here. And, you know, that's the way it was pretty much all the way through the state championship game. I'd echo Coach Oregon's comments uh, regarding how we started up at the Impact Center and how we ended there over the Christmas holiday break uh, to be able to accomplish what the girls did against the tough Colony team that was undefeated at the time uh, and to do it shorthanded. Uh, I thought it showed a lot of grit, a lot of resolve, uh, but it's a credit to them and how they handled any adversity that was, well, we thought we were going to be done with at that point, but kind of continued to come our way. And to see how we handled the suburban game up at Shen uh, and again, in a shorthanded manner, I, I thought was admirable by our girls, but it, it left us saying we have more in the tank, especially in the areas where some of our players will be returning and coming back. But I, I think the final thing as far as what I saw from the girls and their character is that they really started to believe on that home game against Shen. And I know that that was something that they really wanted to work for and they really wanted to see happen. And I think once they saw that take place, that it, it kind of grew leaps and bounds for us as, hey, this is this is something that's going to move us forward. Uh, and, and stuff that Coach Horgan and I are saying in practice, uh, we can really make happen. I'd agree with both of the coaches. Uh, they always tell us, they told us every practice, you know, we have something special here. And I think we, we knew that, but we didn't actually believe that until we, we beat Shen on our home floor. None of us had ever beaten Shen before. And to just get that win motivated us and then ultimately kept us pushing forward into the postseason. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, just like Michalina said, they sometimes in practice, Oregon said that we have something special. And 
like she said, I don't think we believed it until we beat Shen on our floor. And like McLena said, we have never beaten Shen. So I think beating Shen gave us a little confidence going forward. And we just kept pushing in practice and kept on believing that we had something special. I think the expectation for Averill Park girls basketball is, you know, that we're, that we're going to always be playing each year in the uh, sectional final and have a chance to win a sectional championship. And then oh, hopefully, you know, make a run in the state tournament and watching Amelia and Michalina in their freshman year, um, I believe they had a close loss to Jamesville DeWitt up at Shenandoah. And in my mind, I said, you know, these girls, the next three years are going to be able to make a run, you know, in deep into the state tournament. And unfortunately for, for them, you know, their, their run, uh, their sophomore year was cut short uh, right before going into a state quarterfinal game. And then there was no postseason last year, uh, but going into this season, at least from myself as an athletic administrator, having to do some legwork and some background stuff um, prior to, you know, getting to the state tournament. I had, I thought that they really had a good shot in what they may not know. And I don't remember if I told coach Ogren and coach Keegan this, but with the shortage of charter buses and drivers and everything, we had our buses booked for our trip to uh, SUNY Canton and our trip to Syracuse way back in November. I didn't want to tell them that because I know Coach Oregon would have said I'm jinxing them or something. But, uh, you know, I, I was I was very confident in the fact that we'd be playing in those games. So those buses were booked. Yeah, probably get idiot not to have told them back then that you had booked the buses. So that was a good move. Well, thank you. That's uh, that's good. That's good stuff. The atmosphere was incredible for anyone who was at Hudson Valley for the final four uh, for the girls on the team for Amelia and, and Michalina. Can you talk to our listeners about what it was like to play with so much community support? Um, we'll start with you this time, Amelia. I mean, it means everything. I mean, our community has always supported April Park girls basketball for as long as I can remember since my eighth grade year. Um, there hasn't been a time where there hasn't been a big crowd at our games. So even going to our semifinal game, that's the biggest crowd that I've ever seen of April Park community. And honestly, it would bring it bring energy to me and definitely bring energy to the team. And just seeing how many people was there was like crazy to me. I've never thought that that many people would be there. And then our state final game, it was even crazier. And just the support that I've always given me throughout my five years at April Park is literally insane. And I couldn't ask for a better community. I think it was really awesome to have all of the community behind us. And it really showed how much everyone values um, not only the girls basketball program, but just April Park sports in general. And to just see everyone there um, bringing energy and supporting us really motivated us and brought the energy to the gym and allowed us to play not only for ourselves, but for them as well. I'd like to add to that if I could. I think, you know, it, it really what it, it took our girls a little bit by surprise. Um, we kind of gave them a heads up because we learned uh, a little bit of a lesson uh, back in 2010, our first semifinal game in the state playoffs that year. And we had a difficult time communicating with our players because of how large, you know, and how loud our crowd was. And you know, so we were a little bit more prepared, you know, in 2011 and 2012. Um, and then this year in the practices leading up to the semifinal game, you know, one of the things that we had to do differently was use 
uh, signs to get across what we wanted to do offensively, defensively. And our girls, you know, first kind of responded, thought it was a little silly. They were joking with us. And, you know, we kind of, you know, get them to understand that, hey, this crowd's coming. You gave them a chance to believe the community is going to be there for you. It's going to be deafening. And if we're not careful, you know, we won't be able to communicate too well. So we got to spend some time preparing here for, you know, what we need to do to communicate because you're not going to be able to hear me. And that's just, you know, it was a great environment for high school basketball and the April Park community has given us, you know, the support, you know, it, they'll come out, they'll come out and, and be loud and proud. And, you know, they did that for these girls this year, like they did in 10, 11 and 12. And, you know, I'm glad that these kids could experience what that was all about. I think one of the things that we try and do anytime we do anything new is to introduce that different form of communication. So at different points during the year, We'll have different hand signals for certain plays that we're installing or looks that we're trying to get regarding it. Uh, and the girls do a great job of picking up on those and the adjustments that we make throughout the course of the season. But I think that we were all tremendously amazed by the support of the Avril Park community and the amount of people that made an effort to get over to Hudson Valley for us. Uh, brought a lot of energy to the building. It's just making sure that the girls focus that energy productively. Because um, I know that when they saw that crowd there, they really wanted to play for that crowd and to have their support for it. And we just want to make sure that they're, they understand that it's still a basketball game. And, you know, the, the Hoosiers adage is it's the hoops are still 10 feet high. The free throw line is still 15 feet. Uh, but really these people are here to support you and what you're about to go do on the floor. So whatever you do, whatever you put out there, they're, they're there for, for you. And I know that there was a lot of people who weren't able to, you know, make the games, but they were able to watch the games um, you know, when it was televised and we received uh, so many posters and letters and drawings from especially our elementary school students. And, you know, just you, you see the people who were there, you know, and who supported us both nights. But, you know, the amount of people and the support who were not there, it's just it, it's been great. And, you know, we're really proud to be associated with that. That's great. Now, the crowd and the community certainly turned out uh, for a great run. After having more than 70 practices and nearly 30 games, has it sunk in for all of you that your season is officially over? I mean, that's it's a long season to begin with, but when you have a deep postseason run like that, an extremely long season, does it does it feel like it's over? You, you know, it, I... I it's interesting. I walk around and, you know, I, I'll think about something that happened, you know, in that championship game and I'll start to smile. I think about meeting with the girls on the floor right after that final horn sounded and the celebration and being with them in a locker room after the game and the bus ride back. And, you know, you have all these positive feelings and it's, it's just a different feeling when you say end you know, typically I associate that with you lost your final game. You're a little bit disappointed. You know, and the harsh reality is that the seniors are now graduating and you won't be working with them anymore. And I just don't have that same feeling, you know, with this group. You know, it, it, the season's over um, and, you know, we are saying goodbye to Michalina and we are saying goodbye to Amelia. But it just doesn't have that 
bad feeling attached to it. You know, this is something that we will all remember for a really long time here. And, and, you know, for that, we'll be grateful. I agree with coach. Um, we our, our goal at the beginning of the season was to win sectionals and then ultimately make a great run in the postseason and then win the state tournament. And we're just able to accomplish that goal. And um, now that we've done that, uh, of course, we wish we could always continue the basketball season and keep playing. And we wish there were a federation. We wish there was a federation tournament, but to just finish the season off on a win and on such a high note. Um, I think we're all very grateful for that. I would say it hasn't sunk into me yet that I'm never going to play high school basketball again, but like Oregon said, I'm, I'm used to going out on a losing, like on losing instead of winning. So like he said, it's definitely a different perspective now that we won States and that I've gone out on my senior year on a win, but I couldn't be more grateful for going out on a win than not going out on a lose. Even though um, the uh, games and the practices are over, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to experience this in my first year as an athletic administrator at Maple Hill with our baseball team. And then my first year here with the softball team. And even though the games and practices are over, it, the season seems like it, it'll never end. And I'm sure these girls will see that as, as they're already starting to see, you know, the Albany Patroons have invited these girls on Saturday night to be honored and the board of educations invited them on Monday and there'll be banquets and ring ceremonies and politicians want to talk to you. So even though the games and practices are over, these girls are going to be together for a while longer here. I think it's that, that feeling of finality that Sean kind of described here that, you know, very often we associate that that end of season with a loss on it. And it's it's that kind of moment that I, I'll share the experience that one of our 2010 graduates actually reached out on Sunday. And after seeing the result of our game on Saturday, it was kind of urging and pleading with me that coach, you know, th these girls need to know that feeling of when we were up at Glens Falls Civic Center for the Federation Tournament. They need to know what it's like to go out on a win and have that be attached to them and the feeling that it has never left me. So do whatever you have to do in order to make that happen for these girls. And I had to I had to back her down a little bit and say, kiddo, I appreciate you reaching out on it. Uh, I, I, we'll chalk it up as mission accomplished right now because we won our last game and these girls get to enjoy that feeling. So, uh, but uh, it is definitely a different feeling for us. Yeah, it's... Uh... Definitely a different feeling. Always important. Always nice to win your last one, right? Something you'll never forget. Uh, Amelia, question for you. You are now the all-time leading scorer at Averill Park with uh, 1,544 points. So, first of all, congratulations on that. A huge, huge personal accomplishment. Uh, going into the season, did you think you'd be able to get to this spot that you had passed – uh, Katie Duma, who was the previous record holder. So honestly, I didn't think it was possible because my sophomore season and my junior season both got cut. So I knew I just scored my thousands point last year and I needed to score 537 points this year. And I didn't think that was possible because like I just said, I only scored my thousand points my junior year. So like I said, I honestly did not think it was possible at all. One of the interesting side stories to that was you know, Coach and I knew where she was. Coach Keegan, you know, after every game would collect the scores and kind of have a, a running tally. And we would, 
you know, very quietly have the conversation. Okay. Where is she at? What is she doing? And, you know, kind of in the beginning of the season, coach Keegan, you know, said she could do it, but in order for us to do it, we would have to make a really, really deep run, you know, like all the way to the state semifinals or the state finals. And to get there, she'd have to average close to 20 points a game. And, you know, so we both said, well, you know, if we get there, great, but, you know, she'll make a good run at it. And, you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't take away from what she's done. And, you know, we, uh, you know, we got on a little bit of that run in the postseason, you know, and as soon as we cleared a big hurdle and uh, won out in Syracuse for the region championship, we both kind of, you know, said, hey, you know, she's got a chance here. You know, she really does have a chance here to break this record. And, you know, when she did it, it, it was just it came at a critical moment, you know, where we were making a run there with the last four minutes of a state championship run. And it's almost like a storybook ending. It's like almost too good to be true. You know, like it was scripted by some Hollywood writer, you know, and, you know, for her to do it the way that she did it, you know, it says a lot about, you know, what she's capable of doing as a player. Katie Duma was an incredible player, you know, who, you know, did amazing things and helped us earn our first state championship. And, you know, I admit as a coach, I never thought that I would see the day where any player who I coached beyond Katie would even come close to that. And, you know, then Amelia started doing the things that Amelia did. And, you know, at, at times she was the most dominating player, you know, that I've ever coached, you know, and, and some of the things that she did, you know, her senior year, you know, Scott and I after games would just say, can you believe it? Can you believe what she did tonight and how she went out and, you know, just dominated the game. So it's, you know, she earned it. You know, we're really proud of her and the way that she handled herself and conducted herself in the process. She's awesome. Millie, what was it like when uh, the announcement was made? I, I remember during the free throw and it was an emotional moment. How was that for you to have the emotional side of that at the same time, you're literally in the last few minutes of a very close state championship final with a packed house. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely emotional for me. I mean, I honestly didn't know how close I was to beating the record. So like going into the state game, I was like, I don't think I'm going to beat the record. Like I think I'm with like 30 points or higher. And I was like, I don't think I'll be able to score that in a state game because the state game. So obviously Tappan Z was a really good team, really good defensive team. And, Honestly, that moment, it felt amazing because I always, that's always been a dream of mine to be Katie Duma's record. I mean, Katie, I've always looked up to Katie Duma since I was a little kid. I remember watching her play. Like, I don't know, she's just an amazing player and I've always looked up to her. So when they announced that, it just felt like it wasn't real at all. And it was just very emotional, but it was happy. And it was a close game when I found out. So I think me finding out then just gave me more energy to kept, keep pushing during that game and obviously I got I beat the record and I wanted to get the state chip so got the state chip and the record on the same day yeah, what a day so for our coaches uh, what will you miss most about these two seniors I mean where do I begin you know that's I'm gonna miss everything about them um I'm going to miss, 
when I'm trying to teach and coach Michalina talking over me all the time. No, I'm just kidding, Randy. I wanted to say. Uh, I'm going to miss their leadership. I'll start with Mick's leadership. You know, Mick is – she put a ton into her game and developing in the offseason. Um, both players did. Michalina seemed to be more of the verbal leader for our team this year. And, you know, she was very good at challenging her teammates – when her teammates needed to be challenged. You know, the interesting thing about it is we obviously only had two seniors um, and we had a really inexperienced group behind them. And so Mick was very good at challenging her teammates when her teammates needed to be challenged. She was good at patting them on the back, you know, when they needed to be patted on the back. And, um, you know, here's what works. You have to do better. Great job. I love how hard you're working. That's just, you know, what she brought. And, you know, Mick just brought this, this swagger, you know, that she had no fear. You know, she wasn't, she didn't shy away from the big moment. Whether it was the sectional championship game, whether it was the regional championship game out in Syracuse or even a state championship game. You know, she, I think, bred confidence uh, into her teammates and they followed that lead. Um, and then for Amelia, you know, it's not often that you have a six foot or better, you know, point guard that can do the things that Amelia did. Um, you know, she's so athletic and versatile. It's so competitive. And she just went out there and led by example. And, um, you know, she's so good with, you know, the young girls in the Capital District program here, at, you know, they were Park Youth Basketball. And she takes time to meet and greet and you know, be with them and they look up to her. And, you know, I remember Katie Duma, you know, before Katie Duma, I remember Megan O'Shea, they did those things. And, you know, that inspires these younger athletes to want to, you know, reach a higher level of basketball and keep playing basketball. And, you know, so now, you know, whether she knows it or not, she's given rise to this next generation of players who want to be the next Amelia Wood and, you know, go out there and do what Amelia did. So, um, it's not easy when you spend time like we've spent together. Coach and I have spent with, you know, both Mick and Amelia, Amelia being a five-year player, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. You know, you form bonds and relationships and you see a player develop, you know, both academically and athletically. Um, it's not easy to say goodbye, but we're so proud of both of these kids, you know, for what they've accomplished. So, um, you know, we just can't say enough great things about what they've done for our program. I agree with coach what he's referencing here, but I'll add on the fact that I do think these relationships go well beyond the four years and five years on varsity uh, for Michalina and Amelia. We've had the privilege of seeing them in some cases since they were eight years old at hoop camp uh, and have had that relationship started in that process moved along since then. So it's really trying to, to sum up a 10-year a, a journey with these kids and the impact that they've had on our lives regarding it. Um, I, I agree with Coach that Michalina, I thought what she did best this year was she did, she shared more of herself outwardly with her team. I thought it gave us a ton of energy in practice. Uh, and, and it really kind of challenged her teammates to do the same, that, you know, we're at practice, we're not going through the motions. And this stuff, it, it does matter what we're doing and how we're doing it. Uh, and I thought our team fed off that. And whether it was in the state championship game or it was a practice on a Sunday morning at 8.01, uh, 
uh, where we're trying to get some stuff accomplished. Uh, her team did feed off that energy that she shared. And I, I, I kudos to her for that growth uh, and being able to share that with her teammates. In regards to Amelia, I think specifically, it's her heart. I mean, she she cares so much about her teammates uh, and the coaching staff and the, the program as a whole that she willingly gives time after time to her teammates. And I thought it was kind of, for lack of a better way to put it, kind of like the team mom or the team parent here where, you know, Michalina would sometimes come a little hard or coach and I would sometimes come a little hard. And I think Amelia would help them understand that it's not necessarily a bad thing that the, the coaching staff is going to be hard on you. It means that we see something in you and that, that we want to get it. We want to see that, that journey go through on it. Uh, but to go off a of coach's point here, I, I can willingly say that both of these kids uh, have an, an impact in my household specifically where they are two of the players that my daughter stop talk about nonstop. Uh, I, I know that they look up to them. They watch their every move on it. And I know that that's not an easy thing for a 17 and 18 year old kid to understand at times, but it is something that those, those young eyes are on them and they have built something well beyond a banner in the gym or well beyond a point total. Uh, they've built something in a legacy that's going to last for years uh, because you've given, you've given these young players a lot to look forward to uh, if they can live up to the example that you've set. I think that's so true and so valuable. The contribution to their teammates and to the program uh, goes beyond what I think we even realize. You know, for Amelia Michelina, there were, as we kind of mentioned, there was a lot of younger students watching, uh, especially these last few games, uh, some in person, some during their class time at the elementary level. A question we typically ask when we have students on the program is what advice would you give to the younger version of yourself, or what, what advice would you give to someone who's currently in that grade right now, the elementary level? So given what you've just been through and your experiences here, what advice would you give to the younger student athletes that are out there in our district? <laughs> so, yeah, I was in their shoes one time. I remember always going to the girls basketball games just because of my sisters and I always looked up to one person on the team. I've always wanted to be like one person on the team. And now that's my role right now. So my advice I would give to them is to believe in believe in yourself and never give up and keep pushing to do your best. And just on, yeah, honestly, just keep pushing to do your best. And like coach, or like coach Keegan said, I mean, if your coaches are hard on you, they see something in you, they see something special in you and they just want to make you better. My advice to, um, younger players or students in the community would definitely be to um, never give up and trust the process. As long as you keep working and work hard, you will get out what you put into it. Great advice. Uh, Mr. Bubniak, there's a lot that goes on behind the, behind the scenes, especially when a team reaches this level. And, and this year, our facilities were used by a number of the teams for pregame practices and, and walkthroughs and shoot around as we were kind of helping to host the tournament. Can you talk to us a little bit about this past week from an administrative perspective and kind of what was going on behind the scenes in addition to booking buses in November for this? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, whenever you have a team advance out of the section to regional and state play, it's always an exciting time but it always becomes one of the more busier times of the year because um, for example, this, 
this uh, this week we just started, you know, last week we started spring sports. So we're not only finishing up the winter season, hoping to win a state championship, we are beginning the spring season. And, I, I, you know, I have, I've had this conversation with some other athletic administrators and you almost turn into a travel agent. Um, you know, when we were when we were going up to both SUNY Canton and then out to Syracuse, obviously we got the charter buses, but you're talking about where are we going to stop for lunch? Who can accommodate? Where's the money coming from? Got to talk to the booster club. Well, who's going to who's going to get the food for after the game? We want to get right on the bus and get home because it's a school night when we went up to SUNY Canton. Then when we went out to Syracuse, uh, you know. Coach Oregon, myself, and Coach Keegan on the way back from SUNY Canton, we had a discussion. Are we going to stay overnight? What do you think we should do? Uh, I, I think if you ask Coach Oregon, he may, maybe wasn't too happy with how the girls played in the first half up at SUNY Canton. And I think that kind of made his decision easier probably to go stay overnight. But then we had the issue of snow coming in. And were we actually going to play on that Saturday? So we have all these hotel rooms, but are we going to need them? And we had a deadline to let them know. And finally, when we decided we were going to go, you know, uh, luckily, uh, Paul and Linda Lombardi were uh, gracious enough to host us over at Paul Lombardi's for a uh, for a dinner that night. And the bus picked us up there. And then, you know, we're dealing with hotel rooms once we get out to Syracuse. Uh, and then our game got pushed back a couple hours. So what do we do with these kids for, you know, they wake up and have pre breakfast at 8 a.m. And then we're not leaving until, you know, 215 ish to go over to the school. Um, so, you know, Coach Oregon, got to give credit to Coach Oregon and Coach Keegan. Uh, they did an absolutely fantastic job of, you know, having a stru structured, you know, walkthrough in the little meeting room we had with film and everything. D they couldn't have gone any better from uh, from what Coach Keegan and Coach Oregon uh, did that day. And then, you know, we get back and everything and we're planning for the for, for the state tournament. And as you said, um, we also had teams that were using our facilities um, to practice for the state tournament while we're trying to have spring practices. And lucky for us, our girls team uh, was still going. You know, we had, you know, we only allowed eight names on a pass list. And of course, the more games you win, the more people want to go and the more people that want to go without paying. So, you know, we're tr trying to get names on a list. And luckily, you know, with us having so many people there, we we're able to get a few more people in because we had so many students. We wanted to get some more chaperones and administrators in there um so it was a really hectic week and ironically bo both teams that we uh played in the state final for um tap and z in the finals and west babylon in the semifinals uh they both used our middle school gym on uh thursday to practice so that i don't that doesn't happen too often when the uh two teams you're playing in the state tournament end up um end up using your facilities to uh practice and get ready for the tournament as well Yeah, a lot goes on that uh, has to happen in order to make these things go off as smoothly as they do. And thank you for always making sure that things run very smoothly here and it you make it look easy. So we appreciate that. Uh, back to Amelia and to Michalina. Both of you are going to play sports in college. What is the recruiting process like? And what made each of you select your respective schools? Maybe kind of talk our listeners through that journey and how you got to that next step. Uh, Mick, you want to start? Um, sure. The recruiting process is definitely um, challenging and can be overwhelming at some times. Um, you know, for basketball, because that, that's the sport both Amelia and I are going to play at the next level, um, you try to play AAU and reach out to college coaches 
and then they have to look at you, evaluate you, and then ultimately you hope that they will sit on your sideline and watch you play. And then you build relationships amongst the, the head coaches and then the coaching staff. And then if you're lucky enough and then the coach really likes you, they'll make you an offer or invite you to visit their campus. And then you can go on a tour and see if you'll fit in, if you like the coaching staff. And um, that's, that's really how it goes. Um, what made me choose Lemoyne is I really uh, school, the, the school itself academically is a great place for me. Um, they have my major and they have some of the programs and research opportunities that I'm looking forward to. Um, and then aside from academics, the athletics are great. Uh, Division two is a great spot for me. It's a good mix between academics and athletics. Um, the coaching staff is really nice and welcoming. And the team is the team is awesome. Um, the school is only a little bit more than two hours away. So that also fit that box. And really, the school just checked all my boxes. So. Yeah, like Michalina said, I mean, the recruiting process can be very stressful at times, but also it's very fun because you're making friendships and connections with all college coaches. And just seeing those different friendships and connections that you make with all college coaches, it kind of narrows you down to how they are as a coach and how they are as a person. And that narrowed me down to a couple schools. But my decision was very hard, but what made me chose Sacred Heart was that Coach Minetti and all the assistant coaches, they're very welcoming and Coach Mendy was one of those coaches who wasn't the co type of coach who called me every single month. She made sure she called or called me like once a week. She texted me every single day just to check in on me. So just seeing that connection and seeing how much she like wanted me, it made me feel very special. And a lot of people just say that I'm just going there to because my sister goes there, but that's not true at all. I just, I love their campus and I don't know what I'm going to go for academic, but they have all the three that I want to go for or that I'm going to choose from. But yeah, I would just say the connections that you make with your head coach and the assistant coaches are very important. And that's what made me choose Sacred Heart because they made me feel very special. Outstanding. So for Coach Keegan and Coach Oregon, the inevitable next question is what's next for the Evil Park girls basketball team? You as we kind of alluded to early, already have a pretty big bullseye in your back from year to year with the uh, winning of so many sectional titles in a row, but now you're defending state champions. What do you, uh, what do you think next year will look like for you and the team? We try not to get too far ahead of ourselves. You know, ultimately what we'll do is we'll encourage our kids to play as much as they can in the off season. Uh, it doesn't have to be for some big brand name AAU program, but we just want you to get out and, keep a basketball in your hand and inevitably we'll come back together again in the fall and we'll begin our preseason workouts and, you know, then we'll get into the regular season with practices. And I, that's really where it's built. Um, you know, we challenge our, our girls, we, we coach them, we present them with adversity. Um, you know, they learn to overcome and dig deeper than they probably thought that they could realize. And um, then you throw in the combination and the intensity of the suburban council and what that's like, and almost by default, you know, the girls will be prepared for the postseason. Um, you know, we don't get caught up in, uh, you know, we have to win. We have to win a section championship. Uh, you know, we have to go back to states. It's more about just 
one practice to the next, we've got to find a way to get better and improve. And one game to the next game, we have to improve. And, um, you know, that's kind of the approach we've taken pretty much over the last 17 seasons. And, uh, you know, the girls have done a great job. And we'll keep on, keep on going with that formula. I don't think we're getting caught up too much in uh, the successes of the past. Uh, while that, that's something that seems to get headlines on it for, for Sean and I, it's really about that year and the journey of that team. Uh, each team seems to have their own story that they want to write. Uh, and each journey is special in regards to that. So we, we kind of make sure that, you know, every day that we're going to be together, we're going to get the best out of each other for it, whether it's in a, an intense practice or whether it's in a film review or whether it's in a game. Uh, it really kind of falls in line that each each season is going to be its own separate entity at that point, uh, and we don't want to waste any of them. So we we know we're we're in this game a little bit longer than Michalina and Amelia as far as the years that we've been around. But it's not like I want to give any of them away, and I know I don't want to waste any for any of the kids either. Great, thank you. So our last question on the podcast is one that. Um, we take from our name and from our mission statement, uh, the Every Student Everyday podcast. So what does every student every day mean to you? And uh, maybe we'll just go around the screen here. We'll start with uh, Mr. Bubiak. Every student every day to you. Every student every day for me means pretty much every student in the district making a connection with an adult that they see in the school building every day. It doesn't have to, it could be a custodian, it could be a teacher, an administrator, counselor, coach, somebody in the, in the lunchroom, whoever it is, but that we make sure that, you know, every student um, throughout the district makes that connection. It could be as simple as a, hello, how you doing? How was your day yesterday? How was basketball practice? Or how was choir practice last night? But making that simple connection each and every day. Great, thank you. Amelia, every student, every day. I would say every student every day means to me, um, I would say going to school every, uh, going to school every single day. And like he kind of said, making a connection, but not only with adults, but with students too. Um, like I, I connect very well with special education and they really make an impact on my day. So I say making an impact on somebody's day when you're going to school every single day. Thank you. Coach Oregon. Every student every day to me, you know, I am most proud that I'm a teacher first in this district. I have the privilege of teaching U.S. history and sociology, you know, in the Avery Park School District. And I get to spend the biggest chunk of my day with many students who may not necessarily play for me. Uh, some of them may not even be athletes. They might be in band. They might be in choir. They might be, uh, you know, off-Broadway players. Um, some of them might not have any organization or any connection. And for me, it's just an opportunity not just to teach my kids, but to get to know them, you know, to form that connection with them, to let them know that, you know, there's a caring, you know, staff here for them. And, and you know, we want to get to know them beyond just, you know, hey, you know, here are the main causes of World War One, um, And then the bonus for me is when the school day is over, I get to go down and spend, you know, four and a half or five months, you know, with 
basketball team. And, you know, that's really, really exciting as well. So, you know, it's all about the relationships and the connections that are established, either teaching or coaching. And I couldn't be happier to do that. Thank you, Coach. Uh, Coach Keegan. I, I agree. It's, it's about the relationships uh, and the connections that we're making with the, the kids in, every day. Uh, I know that it's going to go well beyond what's going to happen in my math classroom at times. Uh, and it's going to go well beyond what we do at, as a team at basketball practice. And I, I think it's as simple as making our community a, a better place. You know, referenced earlier in the podcast how valuable the community support was. Well, that's not there if we're not there to support each other. And that, I think, is the biggest point for me that I try and emphasize is that we want to make sure that everybody, whether they're in the building, not in the building, on the team, in my classroom, uh, is part of the community and is valued at this point. And as someone who is wears many hats in the district, as a teacher, as a coach, uh, as someone who lives here, I think the, I feel it the most as a parent in the district that I know that wherever my kids are going, uh, whether it's an elementary school, a middle school, a hoop camp game, a softball game, or even the varsity basketball games, uh, that they're valued by the community. And I, it, it goes a long way for their day. It goes a long way with making me feel more comfortable as a parent. Uh, but I'm really hoping that it develops that sense of community uh, for the Able Park District. Thank you, Coach. And we'll wrap it up with Michalina. I think that the every student, every day motto is perfect for our school district because every teacher and faculty member throughout the district really embodies that motto and they carry that on throughout their day. Um, there are so many connections made as everyone had already previously mentioned. And I think that's really important, not only for the school day, but just in life in general. Thank you, Michalina. Well, really appreciate uh, this group taking the time. Uh, I, I can say, honestly, as someone who got to watch uh, from afar, it was a complete honor and a pleasure to be part of this run and watch it. And just the pride and the um, sense of community you brought to our school community and to our community at large was just something that People around here are not going to forget for a very long time. So really appreciate all of your hard work, your dedication, the 70 practices and the 30 games and the time that goes into it, uh, not just during the season, but in the off season as well, obviously. So thank you very much. It's been a great run. And uh, I think needless to say, the entire community is so proud of what you're able to accomplish and not just on the court, but off the court in terms of how you've represented the community and the school uh, in your classroom, in your basketball games, and in the, the work that you guys have done outside of it. So thank you very much and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. See you next time on Every Student, Every Day.